Hello and welcome to Cult Movie Cult, where we watch and discuss the horrific, the obscure, and the flat-out strange from the other side of cinema. I'm Mark Dickerson. And I'm Jeremy Fink, and this is the second episode in our series, Practically Terrifying, a celebration of 80s creature features. Today we're discussing a bit of a deep cut, 1983's The Deadly Spawn, directed by Douglas McKeown, starring Charles George Hildebrandt, Gene Taffler, and Richard Porter, among others. The film follows the story of a crash-landed alien that finds refuge in the basement of a house and grows to monstrous proportions, eating those unlucky enough to cross its path. A handful of teenagers try to survive the onslaught of the creature and its young. What was that? First, there was the invasion of the body snatchers. Then there was Alien. Now there is the deadly spawn. It began with a meteor crashing to Earth. No one knew the mystery of the mutant spores it contained. Now they are free. They will grow and reproduce rapidly, eating anything and anyone in their path. The deadly spawn. The nightmare is just beginning. Yes, yeah, certainly more of a deep cut here than mm-hmm. the first episode. Um, <laughs> a movie that I've always heard about. Like, I really just heard the title, uh, The Deadly Spawn. Mm-hmm. So it, it came out in 1983. And I guess this is essentially an 80s edition of uh, our series about practical effects in horror movies. Uh, so we're only going to be talking about the 80s. So now we're in 1983. Uh, last one was 1981. And uh, so, the, yeah, The Deadly Spawn, I just, it's just one of those movies that I've always seen the poster and I've always seen, like, I don't know, just that main image of those of the spawn themselves, I guess. Uh, those little... <laughs> Jeremy used a word. I really shouldn't use it here, probably. But it's really the only way to, to, to yeah. describe them. Uh, spermy would yeah. be, like, the word. Yeah, so... Mm-hmm kind of like spermy looking creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was familiar with the image of it, but that's really all I knew. Um, but I was very pleasantly surprised. So we don't often do this, Jeremy, but this is a example of a film that neither of us have actually seen. Mm-hmm. Well, hadn't actually seen until we watched it for this show. And uh, yeah, I'm very glad I did. And it was, <laughs> I went into it completely blind, really didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you? Did you did you know much about this film before watching it? Or? No, I had not even I'm heard of this film, honestly. I feel like I've, I've probably stumbled across the image and maybe heard the name The Deadly Spawn at some point, but it almost yeah. sounds like, you know, it sounds like one of those names for a movie that they kind of, you would see parodied on like a, a kid's cartoon on their Halloween episode or something <laughs> like that. Right. Like it's just one of those classically you know, kind of mm-hmm. bizarro horror film creature names, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like, I, but I, I really knew nothing about this film. You know, we, we, uh, we, we kind of came across this when doing research for this series yeah. and decided to take a chance on it. And I, I'm really glad mm-hmm. that we did. Yeah. Same here. Um, so yeah, we're going more now to the lower budget side of things. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, as we had, we had a big Hollywood film last time that is still a cult film, but just mm-hmm. much more well known and had a lot more money behind it and things mm-hmm. like that. Probably, um, probably film... that scene in American Werewolf in London, where they shut down that big uh, square in the center of London, probably shooting oh, right. that. Piccadilly Circus. Probably, yeah, probably shooting yeah. that cost 10 times this entire movie's budget. Yeah. So, <laughs> 
Do you have the budget on on hand? I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, here, the, the number the number I'm it. the number I'm seeing is twenty five thousand dollars. Obviously, okay. with movies like this, where it's pretty obscure and wasn't a huge success at the time, um, the it's it there's not as much of a uh, there's not as much record keeping. So yeah. someone you know that that's from Wikipedia. So someone definitely could have just made that number up and written it down. Though it seems about <laughs> realistic given that makes yeah it makes yeah. sense mm. with with inflation you know you're probably looking at I, I mean i can't calculate inflation but i'm guessing probably close to seventy five thousand dollars now maybe or sixty thousand mm-hmm. you know somewhere in that range right uh which yeah. you know you you could make a movie like this for for sixty thousand dollars today so oh, I think definitely yeah sounds about right yeah so this was, you know, I, I would put this one in the category of homemade horror, mm-hmm. which I was saying to Jeremy before, could be its own series on the yeah. show, which, you know, I would actually love to do that as a series. Mm-hmm. Um, although there's, again, so many, you know, yeah. hundreds of ideas that we haven't even got, gotten to yet that we've wanted to do. But um, homemade horror is something that, you know, it's it's very niche, but it's out there. If you, you know, if you dig around for it, um, this, this I would put in that category. Also, mm-hmm. the movie things have you ever seen things i don't think i have oh gotta see things it's so yeah. good we, we need to talk about that probably on the show yeah, at some I'll, point i'll make um, a note of that one it's um it's very low it's like shot in your uncle's house on the weekend low yeah. budget uh-huh. um anyway we'll talk about that possibly down the road <laughs> but it definitely reminded me of that that film um and again this is another uh, movie that we hadn't seen uh, so First impressions, I mean, you know, just to get that out of the way. So what did you think about this movie, about The Deadly Spawn? I thought it was, you know, just just really fun, you know, like really kind of wacky. You know, I mean, it definitely wears its its budget on its sleeve a little bit. You know, it's clearly, or at least I, I say clearly, obviously, you know, um, we, we, we unfortunately can't talk to the filmmaker. I, I see that he yeah. actually passed away last year, so rest in peace. Um, but yeah, I, and there's I, very little information about the making of this movie as well. Yeah, and this this was his only film. But but I I would yeah. venture to guess that this movie probably started with the creature or the desire to do right. a creature, like and built around the creature. They kind of yeah. built around it, which is really fun because it's kind of so hard to imagine someone doing that today. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you, you might have an idea for a creature, but this one, it was really seemed like it was like they decided they wanted to make this thing and yeah. they built a movie around it. And, and that's right. That's, you know, homemade. Exactly. Homemade. And, yeah. And it's a cool looking creature. It's pretty unique. Honestly, um, mm-hmm. you don't really see too many uh, creatures out there like it. So mm-hmm. um, so there's really not much in the way of plot even for our show that's mm-hmm. saying something um so we'll we'll get into it even less than we normally do um mm-hmm. it's more like the movie was to me was more like a series of these horror set pieces sort yeah. of um which is very b movie and fun mm-hmm. you know which is like what, what the movie is really mm-hmm. um and again also low budget um you know the plot's there merely to kind of string along these uh violent horror scenes that mm-hmm. Like, hey, check out these cool scenes we shot with this creature. You know, it's, it's kind of has that feel to it. But I mean that in a good way. Like, I mean that like, mm-hmm. like, like you can feel the enthusiasm, you know, for for these for the creature and the scenes that they shot with. Yeah. Um, like, it's all an excuse just to get to these scenes and um, which I'm fully on board with, really. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I will say, Jeremy, that I enjoy movies that that take place also in a short period of time. Yeah. Um, like one day or, you know, a couple hours or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also like in one location, which is pretty much um, what this film is. It's It all takes place in this one house for the mm-hmm. most part. Um, mm-hmm. Which is a great idea for lower budget films. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I think we've talked about this before in the on the show. Just coming from filmmaking background, you know, mm-hmm. being resourceful is is a b- huge thing yeah. when you're making movies. Um, well, in, in all I, likelihood, probably the house of the director or a crew member, or a mean, relative, or a relative. Yeah. You know, if, if, if something like that. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah, which reminds me of things because yeah, I mean I I've had those weekends where I'm like, hey, we have the house, let's shoot a movie, let's you know? just do something, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I didn't have a creature, I wish I did, but yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, so the very beginning really gets you right into the film. Mm-hmm. It's um, it actually I believe it's a matte painting, isn't it? Um, yeah, the first I, I think shot so. that we see. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like it's pretty like beautiful i mean i just i love matte paintings it's like mm-hmm. i just one of those things i love um which another thing that you don't see anymore but um no you know it's it has so it has, has this sort of like majestic feel to it but it's um you know we're outside and there's two people camping mm-hmm. um and it all like right off the bat it just put me in this like another time and place they just i don't know what it was about it just oh yeah about that that opening and um a meteorite comes crashing down mm-hmm. and you see the silhouette. You don't see it yet, but you see like a, a silhouette of some kind of alien creature, um, and it, it proceeds to eat. I guess the two mm-hmm. uh, two campers. So, and then now this is followed up by another scene. Uh, takes place in a basement, and again, similarly, we see uh, the silhouette of the creature again. And so, I somehow it's gotten inside the house. I don't know if they really explore that too much. How that happened, but they, they, don't, they don't need just, to. <laughs> They don't need to exactly. Yeah. It got inside. You, you, you know, you're gonna it slithered its way. Yeah, and somehow got inside. Um, and there are some more gruesome murders in the scene. The so it's, it ends up being the parents of the two main kids, uh, the two main stars of the film. I guess you would call them. Uh, it was it was Charles. The two names Charles. Was it Sam? The other kid. I believe uh, so. I believe I wrote this down somewhere. It's kind of hard to keep track because it's just a bunch of kids at one point. The, I, the, um, the, the, the names are also not really said or that yeah. often or given that much importance. It's kind of like right. you, you recognize the face. You understand what they're running from. Yeah. I mean, you Charles know. stood out to me because he's like the yeah. younger brother. Yeah. And he's he's uh, like, I don't know if uh, like, I don't know what they were trying to do with his character necessarily, but he's very like single minded and uh you know, he almost seems like obliv- not oblivious to what's going on, but yeah, he he knows how to handle himself. It seems like I I kind of well, got the sense watching that character and now learning a little bit about uh, uh, the director uh, Douglas M- McKeon. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Douglas McKeon. I'm seeing here. It looked like he was born in 1947, um, which means that he was kind of uh, about that age, right at the peak of 50s B horror movies which, mm-hmm. which we'll get into more but i, I kind yeah. of got the sense that maybe he inserted a younger version of himself in this film uh yeah yeah definitely you know? yeah and i like i like the idea of that character or the two characters like the two brothers being pretty different from each other mm-hmm. the one is really into old sci-fi movies and mm-hmm. creature effects and all that and then the other brother is is like very logical and mm-hmm. i forget i forget exactly yeah scientists right exactly. yeah uh, so yeah, very studious and all of that. Um, 
so yeah, so that those are like the two main characters. And uh, but before I get too into that, uh, so there's this the two scenes right up front, Jeremy, that are kind of like I actually like was uh, impressed that they they had four deaths like that right off the yeah right off the bat. Uh, a lot of thrown blood. There's a lot of mm-hmm. like like blood thrown at the wall, which I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, again, resourceful. Uh, there's some crunching sounds, like thing, you yeah. know, just like that. We're not really showing anything yet, you know. They they weren't yeah. gonna. I mean, the movie is about the creature, like we said, so yeah. they didn't they didn't want to, you know, be too early with with showing it. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and I love the the arm on the shoulder when the wife goes yeah. down to check on the husband, uh-huh, uh-huh. and it, it kind of reminded me of the, the the scene in Jurassic Park where the the arm falls on the person and they turn around. But that, yeah. did, did 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 Steven Spielberg steal that from the Deadly <laughs> yeah. Spawn? We don't That's know. That's what we're going to answer today. No. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we knew, but we can't say he didn't. So you know. Right. He might have come across this film. Who knows? It's definitely possible. <laughs> um, and then the arm. So when she turns around, it's like sticking out of the creature's mouth, and the mouth of this thing, the the creature itself. So the creature itself actually reminds me a lot of Audrey too, who we're going to be talking about later in the series, the, the man-eating plant from Little Shop of Horrors. Um, I saw a lot of similarities, actually, mm-hmm. between them. Um, so we'll discuss that later, I'm sure. But uh, the jaw of this thing is really cool-looking. Like mm-hmm. it, I guess jaws, like multiple jaws. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's some POV shots from inside the jaws, too, that were pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, just like you could tell they were experimenting with, like, different ways to, that they could show these horror scenes. Um these gruesome deaths that we see right off the bat. Um, and again, so then we're introduced to our two main characters, the skeptic wannabe scientist character and his sci-fi monster-loving younger brother. Uh, the younger brother is, is Charles. And um, it's kind of cool because you, you see these scenes right off the bat and so you know something's going on, you know something's killing people, and you know it's in their house. Like it's right un- underneath mm-hmm. them in the basement, but they don't know that. And that's kind of like a cool... Mm-hmm. You know, like it's suspenseful for, you know, even even if they weren't really trying to, you know, write an amazing story or anything. I, I thought that was a cool way to like set it up. Yeah. Like, well, you know, I, like we, we think our parents are going on this trip, but really, yeah, you know, that they're they killed by this monster. I, yeah, I really so. I really like the opening, too, because and I guess, it, you know, back then it maybe would have been a little different because horror conventions weren't as firmly established as they kind of are today. But, you know, mm-hmm. tr- traditionally in a horror movie, you know, it's very common. You have your kind of opening kill scene, you know, and yeah. then you're introduced to the main characters. And the main characters, when we're introduced to them, are in a kind of inconsequential situation, getting up, you know, getting up, just going about their normal day, whatever. Mm-hmm. And this movie really kind of sets that up like it's going to be like that because we have this first kill scene in the in the woods and then you, you see this other couple and it's like, oh, they're just kind of hanging out. He's going, you know, he's kind of checking some stuff out. And at least yeah. for me, I was expecting him to go down to the basement and maybe see a sign of something see, scary. and a, See something, yeah. See something, then, like, but... run back up. Yeah, yeah. see, run up or kind of, like, not notice it. Or maybe we as the audience see something, but he doesn't see it. And, right. I did and, not expect there to be two more murders. Two more murders. <laughs> I was like, I was like, all right, was we're like, like, you know, yeah. this is, this I was is like, unhinged. I am... I am strapped in i am ready for this yeah yeah like um, and, it, and then there's just more and more people coming in you see a kid you see like <laughs> yep. an old woman it was like you, you yeah, kind of just know. don't know where this thing is going and it's like you know a it, bunch it, of old women actually because yeah they, she 
she goes to her mother's house or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, and you know, and it's it's like you know, it's a movie like this. It's not spending crazy amounts of time in character development. But I think one of yeah. the hardest things to do with horror movies is to make them unpredictable. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they they can oh, become yeah. so formulaic. You're just you know who's gonna survive to the end. You know who's gonna you know be killed first. And in this one, I really, you know, I mean, you kind of get the sense that the kid was gonna survive, but like. I, 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 there was a point where I was really like, I don't know at all yeah, where this thing is going. And that, exactly. And in, in a those good are way. the best kind of yeah. yeah. Those are the best kind of movies. The best kind of horror movies, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I definitely felt that. And again, we have this sort of, uh, you know, I like movies that take place in a short period of time. So it starts very early in the morning, the film, and then so now this, this is only like what mid morning by this point, where we're introduced to the other characters, or not even mid morning. So it's still early on. Um, and then, um, so we do now. We see more of these creatures. They, I, I guess we could also describe them as like these. Well, I think they say it in the film as they call them nasty tadpoles or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's another way, probably a better they, they way. They do to look describe like tadpoles. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they have multiple heads, and I, I guess it's called. So I guess it's called the deadly spawn because it's spawning all the bigger creatures spawning all these smaller creatures, mm-hmm. or did the big one grow from the small ones? That that, that was also I was a little confused on that. Um, well, I mean, so so jumping ahead here yeah. a little bit, you know, the full spoiler alerts, obviously. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, the you know, we see at the very end of the film, we see this this oh, shot of yeah. this, you know. the, the <laughs> amazing shot. The, 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 there's, the, there's a shot of a house. It's also, like, painted, which I, I was just actually looking because I wanted to see something from the opening scene as we were talking here, and I had it pulled up. Mm-hmm. And you actually do see that very same shot right before we go to that couple that that's killed like that's oh. that's our establishing shot of that house so it's oh, really okay. which is very oh. clever it really sets so essentially you know obviously we assume you've seen the movie if you're listening to this because if you yeah. haven't seen the movie and you're listening to this none of this will make even a lick of sense <laughs> any sense um, but but there's yeah. this this shot at the end of the the very last shot of the film where you see this little house with its lights on and this kind of big mountainous hill next to it and mm-hmm. then the hill kind of lifts up, and we see that it's actually a giant creature, uh, the giant spawn creature or whatever. And so how I, I interpreted it is that that creature was actually perhaps the initial one that landed, and that's mm. been the one, maybe even because it's that big, releasing its spawn into the ground, and maybe that's how they got into the basement. Mm-hmm. If it's right next to the house like that, and it's kind of... It is interesting, I will say, that nobody in the house noticed this hill had appeared <laughs> out of nowhere <laughs> oh so the hill wasn't even there oh, oh well i don't know it's it's oh. unclear i guess it could have been coming out of the ground but if if, yeah. if you kind of look at it how it emerges <laughs> well it, they they were busy they had a lot going on that day they did have a lot going yeah. on i don't I, it's possible you know yeah. <laughs> didn't notice the mountain that emerged it does seem well, like it it was the mountain was the creature a little bit but who knows right you know no you're right yeah uh, we'll definitely talk about that because I thought that was that yeah. was like breathtaking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, it was honestly amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, before we get to that, we'll talk about a little bit more. Just like so, yeah, lots of fun, fun horror scenes. I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah. But just scenes where like scary, fun things are happening, and mm-hmm. like there's one scene where um, the woman's putting things down the garbage or down the sink, and the one of the creatures is in the sink at the bottom mm-hmm. of it and is acting sort of like a garbage disposal. Um, and that scene and like a couple of the scenes with the smaller 
spawn yeah, creatures. Hilarious. Kind of, kind of, yeah, and it kind of reminded me of like ghoulies or gremlins. Um, you know, movies like that with like these little creatures that are mm-hmm. doing kind of funny things that are also a little scary. Um, you, and I you wondered, know, you know, what I wondered creature... if movies like that, like I wondered if they were, I don't know. We talked about, <laughs> we joked about Steven Spielberg, but yeah. like, do you think they were influenced by this movie? I mean, it, it's hard to know because with a movie like this, it's like, I'm just thinking about a movie of this size coming out now, unless it was like a sleeper hit, you know, like uh, yeah. uh, a skin of a rink or something like that. Realistically, yeah. probably not that many people were seeing this movie, but you never know. You know, it's, Never. It, it, well, again, the cult. Yeah. Once yeah. it starts to have a cult following, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's just something, I don't know, gleefully chaotic and like rebellious about those kind of like scenes and movies and like about, the, and also about these kind of low budget yeah. practical effects, horror films in general. So, you, you know, yeah. what, you know, what? those things kind of made me think of a little bit, which is another film we've, we've talked about is the, uh, the, the, in a racer head. You know, mm-hmm. some some of the, the practical kind of puppetry and, oh, and yeah. kind of things you see. And even down to the sound effects, like them kind of mm-hmm. squeaking instead of hissing. You know, right. like yeah. it, it, it did feel, which is that. The it, lady which in is the radiator when she's yeah. stepping on the. Yeah, when yeah. she's stepping on the, the other spermatic, you know, <laughs> the other spermatic. little creatures. Um, <laughs> I don't know, maybe. so, But it's, and it's definitely possible that Eraserhead was well, an influence on this. You know, this coming right, like, yeah. six years after Eraserhead. Just in a, in a bit of a different direction, uh huh. Um, but I yeah, don't know. It's, it's just interesting kind of tracing the tracing the lineage of this kind of you know creature yeah. design and and that, that kind of you know. You brought up a film that we talked about, um, mm-hmm. "Fiend Without a Face," right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I thought, I, so... I yeah, I remember yeah, the "Fiend Without a Face." They're they're kind of uh, crawling brains with tails. I actually I believe yeah. in that movie they were uh, vertebrae. But they kind of right. bent. They kind of bent, which I guess is what vertebrae do. Same feel to it. But yeah, they um, that kind of inching along kind of thing. Also, and this I, movie does seem like it was influenced by those kind of movies. Like they pretty much yeah. allude to it in the movie itself with the the younger brother character and stuff. Yeah, and I think it's yeah. also just the the you know going back to that opening shot. It's like just opening with the the crash landing, and you know this kind of. It's kind of it is it's kind of more of a spooky feel. Obviously, this movie's a little more gory than you would see in like a fifties movie, but kind of mm-hmm. in the same way where like Brian De Palma basically just took Alfred Hitchcock movies and made them R rated. It's like mm-hmm. it feels like this movie is kind of taking fifties B yeah. horror and, and making it R rated. Um, and yeah, yeah. I, it, it, I don't know. It, it it definitely had just that feel. Another thing I was thinking about is like the the characters. It's like I feel like in fifties horror movies it wasn't always kind of about one character like solving a mystery. It was often something kind of affecting a town. And this, mm-hmm. even though it was in one house, it was really this ensemble thing where it wasn't just like the one person fighting it. Like it was just, there were tons mm-hmm. of characters just coming in and out. The police officers yeah. it had this real like kind of Americana, you mm-hmm. know, down home. Oh yeah, for sure. Kind of feel. Yeah. It did kind of, it felt kind of like a throwback, but also like, you know, it was the 80s and, it, you know, they were trying to up the ante a little bit with a lot of the gruesomeness yeah. and the blood and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, IMDb just asked me what I wanted to rate the Deadly Spawn. <laughs> Sorry, it just popped up in front on my screen here. What do I rate the Deadly Spawn? Hmm, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, we're we're not allowed I, to I, say. We, we, we yeah. don't give ratings on this show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't give ratings. You're right. So we'll keep that under wraps. Mm-hmm. Um, so to continue on with with um the film itself so now this three-headed queen this creature that's that i guess Mm -hmm. has kind of gotten larger in size it's very you know much larger than the other ones we've seen Mm -hmm. um it emerges from the basement finally 
and uh, we we find out, or the younger brother Charles finds out that it reacts to sound. And I kind of like missed that at first, but then when I was reading mm-hmm. about it, I kind of put it together. But well, it does not appear to have eyes. Right, it, it is an yeah. eyeless. A lot of eyeless a lot creature. of jaws, but yeah, no eyes. No eyes. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, Charles is, is an interesting character. Like he, he's just um, like he seems not really phased by anything. Like seeing the dead electrician that comes to the house or his dead mother. Uh, I don't know. It was kind of weird. <laughs> like, yeah. I, you know, because movies back then didn't really talk about things like autism and, you know, yeah. at least not really the way that we would kind of approach it now. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if that's what, what they're going for or I don't know. I just, he, you know, I think he's just maybe... He, he does have he, a kind of odd way of processing insane things. Yeah, happening. like... And maybe he has, like, his purpose. Like, he sees this as his purpose because he's mm-hmm. watched all these movies and has been kind of obsessed with them and, and things yeah. like that. So now he kind of gets to live out his own, which, his own which movie. Which actually brings up an, an early scene that I feel like is important to discuss, which mm-hmm. was when this, uh, I guess he's a psychologist. Uh, oh, yeah. Sits, right. sits uh, Charles down and kind of starts mm-hmm. asking him questions about his, you know, his his relationship to monsters and if he believes they're real and really sees them, which is kind of, you know, uh, to be honest, it felt like kind of a heavier scene than the rest of the movie. Like, you know, (laughs) like, like this, this guy just, you know, his, his his family leaves for, yeah, I, I thought it was, I kind of thought it was, it was like a comedy scene because I, it, my mind just immediately went to Ghostbusters for some reason. Mm -hmm. Like when, you know, like when Peter Venkman's doing things like that on the radio or whatever. I don't know. I just, it, it, it was interesting. I didn't, yeah, I didn't really, why do you think that scene was in there? Specifically? I don't know. Cause it's do you think it's just like a character development thing? Or? Maybe it's, it was interesting because it just was like for a minute, it just all of a sudden, cause you, it might, may have established that guy as like a psychologist, but I don't think it really dug too deep into it, but it was like, right. I don't know. To me, it was kind of an unsettling scene. Like this kid's it's like the fa- only scene like that in there too. Yeah. Like this kid's family leaves and this guy just sits him down and is like, I want to talk to you about something. Yeah, and I was like, the, what is this guy going like, to do? Where's yeah, like, where's this going? And then, and then <laughs> where he starts, is this going? Like, is this yeah. going to, like, how disturbing is this movie going to get? This feels very right. out of place. And then, yeah. you know, he starts asking him these questions and the kid is kind of like shrugging him off a little bit. But you're like, oh, is the kid okay? Like, you know, yeah. is, it has something happened to this kid. Is and, Right. You know. Like, was there trauma or something? Yeah, which, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe we're reading too deep into it. Maybe it was just you know, the director doing a kind of tongue in cheek thing, maybe uh, about like, you know, Oh, this kid likes horror movies. He must be demented as mm-hmm. you know, because, because I saw in, in uh, the director's Wikipedia. And once again, you, there's no way to know if any of this is true, but it says as a t- child, he taught himself the art of horror makeup, gaining notoriety by terrorizing local neighborhoods. Um, oh, wow. So <laughs> it's like, you, you know, I, it's one of those things you say, like maybe he inserted himself and maybe that was just mm-hmm. an experience he had that felt yeah. prescient and interesting to him and so it found Maybe. its way in yeah it does so yeah it feels has like a that little bit of that autobiographical feel to yeah it, um some of it um i mean it's probably a personal film even even if he didn't want it to be i think maybe he was probably mm-hmm. so young at the time and just i don't know it yeah yeah it does have that feel to it um and even the the bedroom so I was, the part i was going to talk about next is when the characters the all the kids that have come over for the study group i guess uh they barricade themselves inside the the bedroom and it's uh, Charles bedroom. And I liked in the background, like all the illusions 
I mean, obviously there are a lot of allusions to other sci-fi monster movies, things like that. But in, in the background, there were some posters uh, for films and things like that. So, um, and also like the, uh, you know, the fact that these things exist in the film, mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, do, do you feel this film is tongue in cheek? You know what I mean? Like, did, did they know what they were doing? Did they care? It's, it's really hard to say. And I, I think yeah. because like on the I mean, we one, can't know for sure. But, yeah, yeah. Because like on the one hand, you know, when you're making a movie like this, I don't think you have any illusions that you're like moving the needle of cinema in some massive way. You know, like <laughs> yeah. like like subject matter wise, like <laughs> That's it wasn't a good way to put it. You know, like it wasn't yeah. like they were digging into anything really. You know, like like emotionally challenging. You know, it wasn't like they they were reinventing cinema in any way. So I don't think they, they had any illusions there that they were, you know, that they were making, you know, uh, so, uh, like. Yeah, like, so, so the illusions that we see are kind of like making it known that this is a throwback in a way. It's a th- Yeah, and that's what I think it is. I think it was kind of a, a pastiche. You know, not not totally a pastiche because it wasn't like set in the 50s, but kind of an homage to a certain a certain thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I don't think that they were doing it tongue in cheek in in the sense that they were making fun of that thing or doing something to try to be yeah. funny. I think it was just that the thing that they were referencing was not also not really meant to be profound and you know it was meant yeah. to be kind of trashy and wacky and weird not oh, yeah. that there aren't some great 50s b-movies like i love right. 50s b-movies but yeah. you know if you're, if you're doing something from a place of love towards those movies you know you're probably not going to make something that is is shooting too high you know you're, mm-hmm. you're going to make something that that doesn't take itself too seriously in the same way those movies didn't really take themselves too yeah. seriously that's a yeah exactly the movie is very 50s, but also very 80s at the same time. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. Which which is interesting. I, I'm actually, I'm reading It right now, Stephen King's It. Oh, yeah, um, I read that. Previously. Yeah, which which is a behemoth of a book. But yeah, it's it, behemoth, yep. We, we, we think of, you know, we think of a Stephen King uh, or like a John Carpenter or all, you know, all these, all these, I guess Carpenter started in the 70s, but like, you know, the a lot of these, a lot of these kind of very 80s horror figures and we think of them as being so 80s, but in the same way that people are really into 80s now and like Stranger Things came out and all that, you know, there was a big 50s revival in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. you know, it was a few years before the 80s, but starting with like an American graffiti. But then, you mm-hmm. know, there, there were a lot of, you know, a lot of movies in the 80s that and books that were just constantly referencing 50s culture. And yeah. so I, I think it was just a well, time even the. Well, I guess it started in the 70s with Happy Days, right? With Yeah. Was it I believe that was the 70s when that started. Yeah. Um yeah, no, definitely that was that was definitely a thing. Um And so I, the, I, yeah, I think it's just yeah, it, was, it kind of grew out of that and and so it's it's interesting though like think and it, it, it and it's it's interesting because it, it extends, you know, I mean, we're getting into a little bit of a cultural conversation, but it extends past movies because it was like you had Ronald Reagan was the president in the 80s and mm-hmm. his whole thing was like, you know, hearkening back to the uh, 50s america you Uh know and so it's like it really extended and it's so it's like what we think of as 80s is really just kind of a a more twisted r-rated version of 50s (laughs) a lot of the time you know it's like that's funny you say that because another 
reference I was going to bring up that or that kind of I just thought of it now, but um, the '80s remake of the '50s movie, which we talked about on the show, The Blob. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about the '50s one on the show mostly, but um, there's an '80s version, and it's it's fu- it's funny because it's it's a remake of the the '50s one, but it's just very over the top and very gory mm-hmm. and like sort of gruesome in a lot of parts. And so this has a little bit of that. Like it, it's not totally. I don't think it's like that violent, but mm-hmm. there's. I mean, there's, so the the part that we're at the film that we're talking about where they're in the bedroom. Um, a girl's head gets bit bit off mm-hmm. and it falls through the window, which I think I was like laughing at, obviously, because it's, it's so ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, there's scenes like that, too, in, in the film and yeah. um, a lot of them, actually. But yeah, um, that was but pretty yeah, wild, kind of, though. I was I wasn't yeah. really expecting that. I was like, yeah, I was, exactly. I think that's why I laughed, because I was just like, oh, OK, all right, yeah. out the window. All mm-hmm. right. Um, well, yeah, it was kind of so, thrown, thrown out the window. Yeah, it's <laughs> right. So you see someone like heaving it, like by, yeah. just out of the shot, probably. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, Charles again is is sort of the only character who seems to like prepared for this, and it, it seemed like um, kind of like knows what to do. Um, so he concocts a plan, another plan, um, as the others are now trapped. So now they eventually they're trapped in the bedroom, and then they're they're trapped in the attic. Um, they kind of go all the way up. So it's kind of cool. Like the film starts in the basement and then it goes, it ends in the attic, I guess, um, with the creature coming in and um, he builds this makeshift dummy <laughs> with his uh, fake zombie head mm-hmm. and lure, lures the creature away and then stabs it in one of its mouths. <laughs> uh, and eventually, now this is interesting because this also reminds me a lot of Little Shop of Horrors, but uh, he's able to electrocute it and makes it explode. Mm-hmm. And that's how they supposedly get rid of the creature which is exactly how he gets rid of the creature in little shop of horrors interestingly mm-hmm. enough um so the, the it cuts to um some shots in the neighborhood of the like police officers and townspeople using the same technique to kill off all the lingering spawn that's that's still outside and slithering around um and so I, at that point i was like all right you know the kids in the car got the blanket around them they're taking him away movie's over no, this movie is not over. <laughs> it's just getting started. <laughs> it's just getting No, it's, you know, because overall, I would say this movie is very short and sweet. You know, it's the mm-hmm. runtime is like an hour and 20 something minutes. So, just over 80 minutes with credit, yeah. with an opening credit with, sequence and yeah. a closing credit sequence. So really, right. really probably more like a 78, 79 minutes of actual mm-hmm. runtime. Right. So... Whereas American Werewolf in London, uh, whereas that ended very abruptly and at just the right moment as a character is, is killed, mm-hmm. uh, this one sort of, I thought, kind of lingered a little bit. Like it continues on for a bit mm-hmm. after the main conflict is over and to the point where I was like, all right, like kind of looking up. If I had a watch, I would look at it like, all right. So like I, I really enjoyed the film, but I was kind of like I didn't know where it was going. You know, I just kind of and then but the payoff, though, as yeah. we talked about, Jeremy, is mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Yeah, and and definitely worth it, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So, we eventually go back to the main site of the meteorite landing from the beginning, mm-hmm. and um, the one of the police officers is is on on his walkie-talkie or whatever, or it's, you know, his radio, and he's just talking about like how they oh, they just keep growing, and you know, talking about the creatures, and and then um, he sees something in the distance, and at first, now we it does it's it's a hill that we're seeing. Like a kind of like a mountainous hill, as you described it, um, and then the hill begins to move, 
and that's when we see that the creature has now i don't i'm not sure if it's that the same creature or not but one of these creatures one of mm-hmm. these spermious <laughs> tadpole like we, we've got we've, we've found, we found i think we've, we've we're inventing described the word sperm at least four different ways <laughs> spermatic spermy spermious yeah I'll tag it with that and when I Spermaroni. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of these things has grown so large that it is now taking it takes up the entire side of this mountain next to the house and uh, implying that these things get pretty damn large indeed. So um, but yeah, really cool ending. Like kind of like kind of like jaw dropping actually. I was yeah. like, did not expect it at all. No, it's yeah, it was totally I was like, "All right, we're, we're just holding on this this still and, shot at a house for a little yeah, while. Like, <laughs> I was like, I enjoy the map painting, but I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. What, oh, okay. So, but then when you see it start to move, and this also, again, I keep going back to it, but Little Shop of Horrors. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dive in because this, this is like one of my favorite movies. But there's an alternate ending where the plants take over the earth essentially, and uh, they actually shot it, which is crazy to me. And you can see this footage of these miniatures, um, these miniature plants that are meant to look like they're essentially Godzilla taking over the world. And so that is the original ending of the play and the original ending of the film. And this again, reminded me of that um, because it's implying that, you know, these things are growing so large mm-hmm. that they're, they're going to take over the entire planet. They're going to take over. Oh, the, there's, there's no stop. These aliens things. are going to, yeah, they're taking over. So, um, so I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that, that's, the deadly spawn and <laughs> it's yeah I, I really enjoyed it um mm-hmm. and for one that we really went into this cold jeremy i mean one that we we literally saw the name the poster mm-hmm. i maybe watched like two seconds of the trailer and i was like okay yeah. yeah let's give it a shot and we didn't even know if we were gonna end up talking about it or not we just mm-hmm. we just were like all right let's watch it you know see what we think but we, we, um, we weren't sure if it would fit the the description of creature feature and right it ended up being yeah. one of the creatureiest <laughs> features that you could maybe ever find definitely yeah it, it, this was all about the creature from beginning yeah. to end really like was. it's honestly hard to think of a movie that's really just more about the creature than this you know like this yeah. is, like this is really just i mean all maybe about jaws it. but maybe even in jaws, jaws like you don't, no, see but the creature you don't really see it. As... This one is like really just all like, I mean, the, the, the name of the creature is the movie, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's the deadly yeah. spawn. It's like, plus you get the little bonus creatures with the little baby ones too. Like yeah. the little tadpole ones. Um, so yeah, this movie pretty much has it all in terms of mm-hmm. creature feature and horror movies of, uh, especially of the eighties Yeah, and a throwback to the fifties, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's just some, you know, there wasn't many, uh, many facts like there wasn't too much research i could do into this film mm-hmm. but the you know i just wanted to mention a couple of things that i thought were interesting at least um so in some territories this film's title was changed to return of the aliens the deadly spawn or the return of the aliens deadly spawn and this was all in an attempt to cash in on the worldwide success of ridley scott's 1979 film alien mm-hmm. the audacity yeah. <laughs> the audacity that's something you can never never get away with now, but um, no, that's <laughs> well. Yep. You, you you could get Sequel away with Alien. it now. You could get away with it now, but everyone would call you out on it. Everyone would call you out on it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Back then, that was kind of just par for the course, you know. But <laughs> yeah. like now, if you tried that, people would uh-huh. kind of be like, "Yeah, I see what you're doing." Yeah, exactly. 
Um, and then also another thing I saw was the producer, Ted Bohus, or Bohus, Bohus, said that he conceived the idea for Deadly Spawn in 1979 and that he was inspired by an article in National Geographic about seed pods that were recovered from the Arctic. Um, and according to him, he created an, an initial creature design that involved a man in a suit, but associate producer and effects director John Dodds was unenthusiastic about that prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, several days later, Dodds returned with several alter- alternatives, including the mother spawn that was eventually used in the film, which was the right way to go, I think, for yeah. this. Although it would have given it even more of a 50s vibe if it was a guy it's in a suit. a guy in a suit. <laughs> I can't even imagine it. Um, you, you see his face poking out from behind those teeth. <laughs> yeah. That would be something. Um, yeah. It would be, it'd be interesting to see, but I'm glad no, they I, I think they made the right choice. I think, yeah. I think it's it such a cool creation. Yeah, and I think it's like, you know, I mean, anytime you're talking about someone doing something that's an homage, you always want it to be an homage, but you also want it to be of its time. And mm-hmm. I think what they pulled off with this movie was much more of its time than had mm-hmm. it just been someone in a in a suit. Yeah, and and we mentioned this uh, when we were just talking before we started recording, but not really any notable names um, in the in the film. Uh, Douglas, the the director Douglas McKeown or McKeown. Um, we're not sure. If he, anyone knows how to yeah, say his name, let us know. Yeah, please let us know. <laughs> um, <laughs> But he, yeah, again, unfortunately passed away last year. And he, this was the only film that he directed. He did write a one book that we mm-hmm. were able to find. But th- yeah, this is the only film. And uh, I looked up the credits of the other two writers. One of them is Ted A. Bohas. Um, and he, now he directed a couple of things that I know nothing about, exactly zero about. But I somehow I feel we would be into them. So one of the movies, so... They're all from the the nine or a couple of them are from the nineties. One is called Regenerated Man. Another one's called Vampire Vixens from Venus. So that's ninety four and ninety five. And then he has a couple more, twenty ten and twenty twelve. Um, so again, I know absolutely nothing about those, but maybe worth checking out. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, and then John Dodds was more of a special effects guy, and he went on to work on actually some pretty notable things here. Um, Poltergeist three. Mm-hmm. Black Roses, which I know has a, another pretty big cult following. Oh, we mentioned Ghostbusters. He worked on Ghostbusters 2. Um, the show Monsters, which is a really weird show. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. It's very, it's like kind of like a serial show where it's like a different story each week, but it, it's a, it's like takes place in this mons, this family of monsters' home, and they're watching it on TV. It's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, so he worked on some th- some special effects projects that are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just to uh, kind of sum everything up here, um, ironically enough, <laughs> I, so I, I think it's a website, it's called cool ass cinema. <laughs> so ironically enough, I think cool ass cinema put it best. Um, they wrote that the film is not out to win any awards. It's simply there, simply there to entertain and in the most energetically gruesome fashion possible, which I agree with. I thought that was pretty yeah. Pretty apt of this film. Um, but yeah, that's The Deadly Spawn. Um, any parting words on this one, Jeremy? Yeah, so I, I have a couple things, just a couple sure. like uh, moments. So I actually, I, I know you said you didn't love the ending. Um, like not the very very ending, obviously, but the, the kind of like dragging ending. But I actually kind of yeah. enjoyed that. 
Um, I mean, looking there, back on it, I think it's brilliant. I think it's great. But, yeah. Um, at the, and, yeah. Well, and even even if it hadn't had that like terrific final shot, mm-hmm. I feel like there's this thing with horror movies, which you know I'm kind of contradicting myself because when we were talking about American Werewolf in London, I said I loved how much it just got out and just ended quickly yeah. and did. What well, not it, every movie has, but to yeah, do, yeah, but not everyone yeah. has. And and I think it was kind of cool that like. You know, we, we see horror movies so often and then kind of the traditional thing is either just end the movie there or to kind of jump to an epilogue, you know, mm-hmm. six months later. And it's like seldom do we see the cleanup and process yeah. that follows a trail of death and destruction mm-hmm. and the kind of and I was just like it was kind of cool just seeing them just like, yeah, electrocuting it, the little wormy, you know, <laughs> spawn. And it really and, makes you think that they've taken care of the problem like, they, you know, that. They, yeah figured it out and they're going to get rid of all the it's like oh, it's over creatures so, so, yeah so i i like that and i honestly feel like in you know well i think it's also cool because yeah and like the 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 younger brother character who's kind of seen as like this reject character yeah. almost you know like it's kind of cool that he's the one who figures out yeah how to how to save the day and like you know everyone mm-hmm. kind of copies what he does and it, yeah it's pretty cool um, yeah and, and i think I, I, and I definitely didn't hate it like i, yeah. I just was kind of like i really didn't know where it was going yeah and I just kind of felt like it was petering off, but then when it came it, back, it, it, yeah, it, hit, it came yeah. back with a. I just I, I felt I found myself watching that and like kind of thinking that in a film that was maybe a little more like, you know, a little more a little darker, you know, a little more you know like kind of dealt with something and kind of was a little more serious for lack of a better term, like that really scared you. Like if that was at the end of like you know, uh, a film like The Exorcist or something like that, where you were, like, genuinely terrified throughout, and then at the end it just shows this kind of cleanup of the carnage would be a really great, you know... <laughs> like, they're they're cleaning up the room in The Exorcist. Like, yeah, but, like, you know, like, yeah. how kind of scary that is, like, seeing the yeah. people who are responsible for that and just for a few <laughs> minutes just kind of being with them and seeing, like, you know, because when we're in it, you know, when we're watching horror movies, we will accept things and kind of just... But, like, then to actually see someone have to come in and deal with all this, like, blood. Like, I remember one time I, I have a friend who's a, a nurse. And we, we, we went to see The Green Inferno by Eli Roth. Oh, which my is God. Yeah, I've seen that movie. A really over-the-top. <laughs> my, my girlfriend is yes. Peruvian. And that movie set in mm-hmm. Peru. And she's like, why are all the cannibals always in Peru? Um, but <laughs> I digress. But I was talking to my friend who is... Uh, That's a wild one. My friend who was who a nurse at the time. And she was like, I, I was like, what do you think of the film? And she was like, I can smell the iron from the blood. <laughs> you know, it's like someone who actually deals with that in real life. It's like yeah. oh, the iron. And I was like, oh, that, that's, that really always stuck with me. So that that's mm. one thing. The other thing I well, wanted to. The Deadly to, Swan has a lot of, a lot a lot of blood, of blood spl- yeah. splattered on the walls. So, yeah. So actually, scenes, so. sorry. And I'm kind of rambling. Two, two more quick things. No, that's actually. okay. Yeah. One, no. very keep, short. The, the creature, the dripping from the teeth was amazing. You know, yeah. creatures in movies are, are too often, they're very dry, you know, mm-hmm. you, they kind of look like leathery. Yeah, and, yeah. And this one was this just one, like sopping wet. This one wet. Felt, felt wet, yeah. It was, this sopping, creature was, sopping. this was a wet creature, but it just, you know, and this it's is like. a sopping wet creature. And, and like the spit, it didn't even just look like water, like I don't know what they used to make it, but it kind of had this like <laughs> gross, foamy, milky it was really yeah. interesting it, it, it was like it was coming from it inside the mouth too You're right yeah like, like no. I, I was thinking like is there like some kind of a capillary system or like <laughs> oh it was so that, that was or like a, you know how some you know how some creatures have like this kind of acid like saliva like yeah i don't know it, it makes you think yeah it adds like dimensions to it uh, like it, it felt gross like i was watching i was like yeah. i would not want 
I, I like I'm not super scared of the creature itself, but I would not want that shit to touch me or would, my friends. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would. I would not get near that. Yeah, that sopping wet mouth of that creature. Um, and then, and then the last <laughs> scene, which we we can't end this uh, episode without discussing, is there's a scene in this film when uh, we we kind of touched on it when uh, all these old women are coming over. Because oh, right. yeah. the, the, the matriarch of this family is kind of making some type of lunch for everyone. And one of these little uh, uh, spermatose creatures um, <laughs> ends up in the in the sink. But it, right. she ends up accidentally, because it's hidden in a, in a bundle of herbs, she ends up tossing it into the blender uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and blends it up into whatever she's making, which is a very bizarre looking concoction. It's like <laughs> kind of this mint green goo liquid. <laughs> That yep. you would only ever see as something someone would eat in a, in an eighties movie. Yeah, um, there's a scene like that in Gremlins too, where yeah, it goes in the um, the juicer, I think. The juicer, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and she she gives it, which she gives it to all of her friends, which was one of the most hysterical moments in this movie. Oh yeah, because it's all of her friends sitting there trying not to say something when her food <laughs> yeah. is so bad but then she takes a bite of it herself and kind of has this reaction where it's just you see the the i don't know who that woman is but she i thought she'd give a pretty i good think she's the mother uh, oh yeah. the actress the mean? actress yeah but like yeah. you you just see the social humiliation in her face of knowing mm-hmm. that she served something so terrible to all of her friends who she knows <laughs> are judging this dish um and and then immediately these things just show up and mass and just start killing all of these mm-hmm. little sweet old ladies who are having their lunch <laughs> they party. They fight back though. They're they're pretty. They do fight back, but I just spry. I thought that scene was hysterical and yeah, like worked great... worked yeah. on a level that transcended horror. It was just mm-hmm. it was like great social satire. Yeah, uh, it felt it felt almost like a different movie at that point, but like yeah. in a good way. It was it, like a cool like offshoot. Kind even of thing like what even like the little like squeaking sound that the. Mm-hmm. the 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 worm kind of thing makes when she throws it in the right in the in the food processor it's just it was a little bit of a break from the rest of the movie but i thought it was yeah. just hysterically funny yeah because at first you're kind of like what so why are we going off on this tangent of yeah. her? like it's like the his aunt is going to like see her mother and this yeah this yeah all the all these other older women and at first you're kind of like not really sure why but then yeah you get that great scene um which is why they did it essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, it's like you know, economical uh, filmmaking. Yeah. Some, you know, sometimes you just write a great scene, and even if it's not moving the movie forward, yeah. really. Yeah, like you maybe just, you have an idea. You're like, oh, this would be cool to see. Or it's just too good not yeah. to put it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those scenes for sure. Um, and there's a lot of scenes like that in this. Yeah. So I, I always appreciate that. And again, yeah, like the super low budget. Um, you know, homemade horror, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which will probably have to be a series at some point. Yeah. Um. But that will end this episode of Cult Movie Cult. Next time on the show, we will be discussing a much larger budget film, uh, which will be Little Shop of Horrors, which I'm very excited to talk about. Um, So we will see you next time. Until then, thank you for listening to Cult Movie Cult. You can find us on the usual social media. If you have any cult films you'd like to hear us discuss on the show, or if you'd like to officially join the cult, be a guest on the show, please feel free to reach out to us at cultmoviecult at gmail.com. This has been Cult Movie Cult, and until next time, so long from the other side.